It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rockin' Radio's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon B.K. Kylie. This is Before the Box Score 5. 5-0. Five oh. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Man, B.K., your team did it. Our team did it. They beat Vanderbilt on the road as a ranked team. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good, man, because not only not only did they do it, they did it with style. And that is what I appreciated about today's performance. I know there's probably going to be some people that will nitpick and we will do the same. Sure. Um, there was plenty of bad to get to. I, plenty of frustrating to get to, I would say. Um, but the real headliner from all of this today was hot damn dude Missouri has an offense the likes of which we haven't seen since 2018 probably was the last time that we saw an offense this good and they're pairing it with the defense that in my opinion is better than the defense that we saw in 2018 so when you combine those two things you've got a team that has a chance to do something really special this year headline of course yep I don't know if you caught it they seem to talk about it a lot on the broadcast and there's differing points of like when it actually happened the point is, he, Brady Cook went yet another game without throwing an interception. So now he has set the SEC record for most consecutive passes thrown without an interception. And he could keep going. You know, if he doesn't want to throw an interception against LSU, I'm I'm all about that. Uh, this this record can go as far as he wants to go. Um, yeah, he 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 he's here. And if it wasn't for a five yard loss uh, to Nathaniel Pete in the backfield, he would have thrown for four hundred yards. 400 yards against the Power 5 team. I know it's Vanderbilt. It's still a Power 5 SEC team, and a Missouri quarterback has not done that for a while. Um, he is explosive. 
uh, again with the almost 400 yards. He is efficient. He's his yards per target and his yards per catch are only like three yards off, which is great. And he is he is accurate. He had an 80.5 percent completion percentage today, BK. Like, I I know we were interested in other quarterbacks. Obviously, this staff was too. We wanted to see how far we could push him. We were, you and I, I think we're both okay if Brady Cook was a starting quarterback. I know at one point we both just said we need to get used to the fact that he is. Even in those days, never, I never thought we would see something like this for an extended period of time where he's throwing for over 300 yards in three different games. This this dude is legit, and you could argue it's the OC. You could argue it's the talent around him. You can argue it's him. It doesn't matter. He is your quarterback, and he is awesome. And we're only halfway through the season. This is this is great. It's a hell of a lot of fun to watch right now, man. Um, Cook is the first Mizzou quarterback to throw for at least 300 yards in three straight games against FBS opponents since Chase Daniel did it in 2008. Best I can tell, and I asked Tom Orff about this on Twitter as well. He's the Mizzou historian who has a better database than I can find uh, available online. I believe he's the first Mizzou quarterback ever to throw for 340 yards in three straight games against FBS opponents. The first ever to do that. Now think about the Mizzou quarterbacks that you've seen in our lifetime, Nate. The guys in the last 20 years. The fact that none of them accomplished in any three-game stretch what we just witnessed from Brady Cook, which, by the way, is the only three-game stretch like this that we've seen from him this year, that's amazing. I mean, it really is, and it's everything that you said. It's partly him. He's just flat-out better over his last three games when he's throwing the ball at least 15 yards down the field. He is 17 for 24 for 520 yards. 17 for 24 that would be a good completion percentage on like five to ten yard passes and he's doing that more than 15 yards down the field Mm -hmm. he is converting on those to luther burden he is converting on those to theo weiss he is converting on those to mookie cooper he is converting on those to marquise now who is one of the best receivers in the country at deep passes like it's it's unbelievable honestly um He's one of the most productive quarterbacks in the country right now. He is playing as if he is one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC right now. And what this all means, I don't know where it all leads. I don't know what this will look like when he goes up against Georgia's defense. I have no clue. Those are answers for a later date. The answer for right now is through the first five games of the season, Brady Cook is playing like the best Mizzou quarterback, the best quarterback we've seen in a Mizzou uniform since at least Drew Locke. And you can argue since even before then, because he is both efficient and explosive. Drew Locke was almost exclusively explosive. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference of what we're seeing right now. The the completion percentage is just eye-popping, man. Yeah. Three straight weeks over 70%. 80% today. Drew Locke could never do that. Even Chase Daniel on his good years, like, you know, I think he may have done that a handful of times. But what was Chase Daniel? He was efficiency, right? Little... Three yards, three yards, five yards, five yards, then a deep shot. And this is just like, no, we're deep shots and little stuff. And oh, by the way, our receivers can also turn the little stuff into 13, 15, 16. And intermediate, dude. That's the other thing that's crazy is like they're spamming the middle of the field with 10 and 15 yard deep overs. We talked about it before the season that that was something that Kirby Moore really loved was those deep overs in the middle of the field. We saw that a couple of times today with Luther. We saw it with Mookie. That, That is the stuff that's really impressive to me. Like, it, it it's not an offense kind of like 
the NBA has just become layups and three-pointers, right? Because those are the efficiency shots. It's the best shot you can take is a layup because you're going to convert like 85, 90% of the time. Second best shot you can take is a three-point shot that you're making at a 35-plus percent clip because of the numbers, right? Yeah. It's worth more points. Mizzou's offense really isn't that way. It's not at the line of scrimmage and then deep. It's at the line of scrimmage, then we'll get you at five, then we'll get you at 10 yards, then we'll get you at 15, and then we'll get that explosive pass over the top 40 yards to Marquise Johnson, and it makes for a hell of a lot of fun to watch, dude. It, does. it is a really fun offense to watch right now. It does. For you watching on YouTube, you're going to see this. This is my throwback 2005 BD Smith, Brad Smith, number 16, road jersey. I've had this baby for almost 20 years. I bring that up because I thought that at his best, Brady Cook would be a poor man's Brad Smith, right? Maybe a little bit better passer, maybe a little worse runner. And I figured that was going to be it. Now, Brad Smith did not have Luther Burden and Theo Weiss. <laughs> they had a modern offense around him. But I figured that's what it was, a dynamic playmaker who could, who could make something with his legs if it wasn't there with his arm. And boy... It's always there with his arm. Now, let's 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 take a little look at the negative here. He is clearly limited yeah. running wise. That knee is bothering him. And last year we went through one arm to Brady, and this year I think we're just going to go with one leg, Brady. And I'll tell you, I like this version better because the offense is better. But we, I, I. We probably, but I for sure really miss his creativity running the ball when things break down. And even today, you know, when he tried to do that keeper and, and, and make it on the third down, he got caught like 22 Brady wouldn't have had that happen. So he would have made it to the corner and he just doesn't have, he doesn't have the giddy up that he used to. And that's not his fault. He's got a gimpy knee, but like that is a limitation that I think everyone's kind of figured out. Like he is going to throw it and he's not going to run it. And good defenses are going to pick up on that and play to it. But until they stop the deep pass, it doesn't matter. But Brady Cook is not the runner that we thought he was going to be. He's not. And I would rather you be an effective passer than, than runner. Sure. Like if, you, sure. if you can. The other thing about it is it's not as if he is completely immobile. This is not Connor Bazelak back there, right? You're right. not talking about a guy that's a statue in the pocket, can't move, can't scramble, do any of that stuff. He's doing some of that stuff still. It's just the explosion that appears to be gone. Like, there was that one play late in the game. Uh, I think it was a third down, if I'm not mistaken. He's trying to get a, around the left edge, and he just he didn't have the juice. It, it wasn't there to be able to bend around the edge. And it was one of the first times, really, that he had pulled it on that um, option or the, the read option all day long. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the explosion to get around, and he was tackled, like, right at the line of scrimmage as a result. So... I think that's something that they'll try to adjust to. It's something that they need to adjust to. But I also think that it was notable that he was sliding all day long. He was. Yeah. And I think some of that, this is just my guess, but I think a lot of what you saw today, and I think this was the case last week against Memphis as well, I think Eli knows he's got a good team. And what he's doing is this week he said, you know what, Darius Robinson, you're not at 100%. We're not playing you against Vandy. We could beat them without you. And it's a risk that we are willing to take. Last week, and it's Rakestraw, you're not at 100%. We're not going to play you in this one. We're, it's a risk we're willing to take, and it's a big risk against a team like Memphis. That was a tough game, but we're willing to do that. We need these guys for LSU. Yeah. And I think he's saying to himself, hey, Brady, do not take a hit. 
We don't need you taking hits against Memphis. We don't need you taking hits against Vanderbilt. Slide. When we go up against LSU, all right, cool. We can we can start talking about it. Maybe you you approach that game a little differently, but mm. I need you as close to 100% for that game as humanly possible. And I think they're trying to get their team as close to 100% as, as they can for that one. Because the next two weeks, dude, that really determines the ceiling for this season. Because I think Kentucky is the second best team in the SEC East, if it's not Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I think LSU is a little worse than we all thought they were, at least defensively. Like, Definitely they're gettable. Yeah. And this is this is where you need your best players to really be able to step up. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And you know if you're if you are playing the schedule game, it goes LSU at Kentucky, South Carolina, and then it's a bye. Like yeah. there's no rest here. And and as much as I've loved this schedule, especially the long ramp up to games that matter, I did not like the fact that there was no ability to catch your breath and heal up until you basically went through you know sixty seventy percent of your schedule. Now the back half is brutal, so it's nice that the break comes there, but. Yeah, you don't you don't have that week for everyone just to kind of catch up. Is this um what's the hardest three game stretch of the schedule in your opinion? Uh well heading into it, I thought it was going to be LSU, Kentucky, South Carolina, just because, you know, LSU, Kentucky, well, South Carolina is whatever, but like that's what I thought it was. And I still feel that way. I was gonna say it might still be that just yeah. because Tennessee isn't what we thought. They they seem gettable as well. And did you see Florida today? That team is uh, what we what, thought they were going happened. into the season. Yeah, that that what we saw the last couple of weeks, like that's whatever. Um, they had a really nice win against Tennessee, and I think that told us as much about Tennessee as it was about Florida. Yeah, and I think today we learned Florida is who, we, who you and I at least thought they were. 
I mean, what Vanderbilt would have killed to have Ray Davis back on their team because he was a Vanderbilt kid last week, or sorry, last year, and then he transferred to Kentucky this year and oh, went off for two hundred yards, almost three hundred. I think so, this is I think this is it. By the way, like to, to answer my own question, I think it's I think it's this three week stretch. Yeah. This is the toughest one that you got coming up. I, I would agree. I, I, that's the one we had. I had circled, and you know, Georgia's not a slouch, but you know they obviously look a little gettable too. So I, there is no easy stretch in the SEC, sure. but like th- this is the hardest one, um, especially if Chris uh, Spencer Rattler decides to just randomly go off like he tends to do, and that's right before your bye week. Like oof, that's gonna be tough. Um, so yeah, Brady Cook is legit. I I want to get to Luther Burden. I mean, we we talk about him constantly, but as good as he was today, can we call this the Theo Weiss game? Because he really showed up and made a big impact. Like, not that he's been absent the past couple of weeks, but he hasn't gone for ten catches and 118 yards uh, any gaming stuff for this one, and really provided a a surprising uh, target with that Luther wasn't providing in the first half. Uh, Theo was there making plays, and I it was it was very impressive. Yeah, I wouldn't call it the Theo Weiss game, but the fact that he has emerged as a secondary piece is a huge story of what took place within this game. Luther Burden has more receiving yards through five games than any Mizzou wide receiver ever, according to Tom Worf. Think about that for a second. Think about all the great Mizzou wide receivers that we've talked about. All of them had fewer yards in their first five games of a season than what Luther Burden has put together so far this year. That's what we're witnessing. This is historic. So... It's still a Luther game, man. Still still the one. However, I, I do find it to be really compelling that you're starting to build on that depth. And this is the first time with Eli Drinkwitz at the helm that we've really seen that emerge. Like we have seen in the past, they lean on one running back and they lean on yeah. one pass catcher. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was part of what made today so such an interesting game. Is like, look at the split at the running backs, dude. 16 carries for Schrader, 12 for Pete. Yep. You look at what it was with the receiving game. 11 catches for Burden. He had 13, I believe, targets on the day. Theo Weiss, 13 targets on the day. Mookie Cooper, 8 targets on the day. Mm-hmm. You're starting to diversify things offensively where it's like, okay, you have more weapons that have emerged. Theo Weiss is a guy that can win you like 10 yards at a, at a time. Mm-hmm. And that is something that they've been missing. Like, I thought at one point Kiki Chisholm was going to be that. And then it just kind of faded away into the abyss. But Theo Weiss kind of is that, it appears. And Mookie Cooper is just like this change of pace guy that can kind of win across the middle like your little scat slot receiver. And they're using him the way that I've wanted him to be used over the last few years. And then you add in this element with Marquise Johnson, who's just coming in for like 10 plays a game, getting three (laughs) targets, and they catch like two of them for 70 yards. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. This is exactly the way that he should be used. It all just makes sense. And I think that's what's the best piece part about this offense is they're utilizing the guys the way that they should be used. And it sounds so simple, but dude, do you know how many teams misuse their players? All the time. I mean, you you go back to look at LSU from like the Les Miles era. Everyone was just criminally underused. Especially that Odell Beckham. um, Who else was it? Jarvis Landry. And they had one other guy in that wide receiver core. It was like, wait. These guys are better pros than they were in college. That doesn't make it every sense. time, every time. Because you know, I, I called Eli Drinkwitz' offense last year reductive hamburger. That's all Les Miles did—just smashy, 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 smashy—and just nothing, nothing innovative or in- interesting or pass-related. And yeah, these guys would come out and you're like, "Who the hell is this?" 
it happens all the time, especially in college. But I think, you know, I always talk about how I always find the build almost more interesting than the actual games. In these past four years, you've seen that Eli Drinkwitz has gone and tried to find his Theo Wees by finding a Kiki Jism. He's been trying to find, <coughs> excuse me, guys to slot in to do what he wants. And they're all just poorer versions of what we have right now. It takes a while to build a team. Eli Drinkwitz has been building this team either via transfer portal, which is fine, or, or FCS call-ups, which are fine, and then through high school recruiting, maybe not as much as we want, but that's fine too. And he has just put those three together in a way where he can find the guys that he wants. And this is the year where he's finally found the guys that he wants, and he can run the offense with the guy who's a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more creative. It's coming together, is my point. And that build has been frustrating through these three years of like, what are we doing? What's the identity? Why does the offense suck? But if this keeps going the way it's going, we're going to look very fondly back on that and say, oh, we always kind of knew that this could happen. And he finally found the Jimmys and the Joes so he could do what he wanted with the X's and the O's. And that's where it gets real fun, man. Like now, now we're watching an offense that can go up with the best of the best. I mean, you look at the schedule and what remains the rest of the way I think LSU's offense is better than Missouri's. Not positive. I think that's it. Like, how many other offenses the rest of the way do you believe are genuinely better than Missouri's offense? I feel like Kentucky has the potential to be better, but so far we haven't seen it. Um, Brock Bowers is good for Georgia. He can flip a game on his own, but, you know, Tennessee, if Joe Milton can hit a guy... I don't know. It's everyone seems to be playing like if your range is, you know, 20 to 80, it feels like the entire SEC is playing at like 48. And like Mizzou is at like 75. 67, yeah. And like, you know, there's it could be better, but you also know everyone else could be better too. I, so I don't know. Based off yeah, of what if this was last so far, year, for example, like Georgia would just, Georgia and Tennessee's offenses from last year were obviously better than what Missouri has currently to offer. But it's judged based upon the context of that year. And Missouri's offense this year, relative to what we're seeing around them, is really freaking good, man. Really and you nice. add in the fact that they've got a defense that's pretty darn good. And that's... Like, I'm watching this LSU game right now. Ole Miss versus LSU. Did you see what just happened? No, I'm not, I don't have... Ole Miss just scored. There's 39 seconds to play. We'll be able to recap what happens in that game whenever it does come to a, an official final, and obviously you guys will know that by the time that you're listening to it, but we're reacting live to what's taking place there. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, the, this is the first time I've thought about what it would what would it, what it would look like if Missouri went undefeated this year. I'm just going to say it. I don't think it's going to happen. What? <laughs> wow. But, I mean, okay. why not? Why not? Why not now? I I didn't think they were going to go, like, I, I didn't think in 2013 they were going to win the SEC East coming into that year. Think no. about what they were coming off of. Think, think no. about the 2012 season. and All what the they injuries. Like. All the injuries. And then your quarterback gets hurt midway through the season, and you yeah. win that game against Florida. You find a way to pull it out against Georgia. The SEC East around you is not very good, but... You also finished out that season with a really difficult cross-divisional opponent in Texas A&M. Like, there were really tough games on the stretch that you had to find a way to win. That's what this is. Yeah. Like th- That is the opportunity that currently lies ahead of you. Now, there's probably going to be a South Carolina on your schedule. 
a team that is a mid-20s type of an opponent that beats you. The likelihood is Missouri loses two or three games down the stretch. Yes. What I'm telling you is they can win every one of these games down the stretch. They can. That is now in their range of outcomes yep. because of what we've seen. That's what changed things for me today, Nate, was I wanted to see the style points. I wanted to see the offense be able to do that for three straight weeks against Power 5 opponents or FBS opponents that are legit. Yeah. And that's what we've seen, man. It's real. Okay. I want you to react to that, and then we can, um, I, we'll get to the bad from today, which is the defense in the fourth quarter. Ma'am. Okay. So you talk about real football, and I know you said the season started on September 16th against Kansas State. And Missouri won that game. And then Memphis was dangerous, you know, in a neutral site. And then Vanderbilt was your first true road game. Now, Missouri okey-doke their way through South Dakota and Middle Tennessee and showing nothing. So, truly, of the three games that are the most important to you, they have been the most impressive because they finally uncorked the air, the air attack, and put up 300-plus yards and Luther Burden is him and all that sort of stuff. Um, I am, I am still... I, I am optimistic. You know I've been the optimistic one this season, which, again, very weird. I still can't believe you're, you're entertaining undefeated because I have not. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm be, saying this is like possible. a five five percentile outcome. Maybe maybe two percentile outcome. But the fact that it's even an outcome matters. I, I understand that. I do. So, now, this is, this is the past week's SP Plus rankings, okay? So, keep that in mind. The best defense Missouri has gone up against is Kansas State's, which is 36th. Okay, pretty good. LSU's, well, LSU's going to take a tumbling after today. Also, so much, what is it, like 50% of this is what yeah. they had coming into the season? A little bit, yeah. fifty About 50%. Uh, but it's it's weighted more into what's happened so far at this point. So, like, maybe 49. Uh, LSU's 47th. Kentucky is 10th. Again, that is the test. Yeah, it's huge, eh? South Carolina, 70th. Again, these are defensive SP plus ranks. Georgia, 4th. Tennessee, 27th. Florida, 21st. Arkansas, 59th. Uh, you just beating the, you know, an FCS team, 99th best defense, 36th best defense, 62nd, and then 110th. So, yes. Is it possible? Yes. I think so. I'm not saying that I haven't seen it work because K-State was very good. I The test for me is how do they do against Kentucky? Sure. That is, how does this offense go against Kentucky? If they put up points on Kentucky, I'm right there with you. Boom. This offense can heal all wounds, paper over whatever's going on, and keep us in this game. Um, if not, though, you know. Uh, sure, not yeah. With world, new information like, comes new, new expectations, right? And right. that's why I'm even, like, discussing this right now. I just I live by the belief that when you show me something, it means you've got that skill. And they've shown me an ability to be consistent offensively. And they've shown me that they have real weapons. Like Luther Burden's one of the best receivers in the country, full stop. Yeah. Brady Cook's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the country, full stop. If you yeah. can throw for 350, 340, and 395 against K-State, Memphis, and Vanderbilt, I know that those are not like Vandy's not one of the best defenses in the country. They're one of the worst. I get it. Okay, K-State has a good defense. Memphis has a solid defense. And the fact that you were able to do that against those teams shows me that against LSU, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, you can do that. 
And then it just becomes a question of like against the best defenses on your schedule, K Kentucky and Georgia, can your defense step up? Because you're going to have to win those games like 24-20. It's a different yeah. style than what you've been winning lately. And we don't know if they can do that yet. So let's get to the defensive side of the ball, Nate. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I think people are going to be too hard on the defense after this game. I really do. I think that's that's my firm takeaway, and that's probably why I'm more optimistic coming out of this game than most will be. Through three quarters, Missouri's defense had allowed seven points and 156 yards. They were averaging, the Commodores were, 4.1 yards per play and 5.1 yards per pass. Mm -hmm. It was a dominant performance through three quarters. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth quarter happened. Yeah. They averaged 11 yards per play. Four of their six pass plays of 20 or more yards in the game came in the fourth quarter. And they crumbled. But they still forced Vanderbilt to go two for 10 on third down. Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt's finished with all of 300 yards of total offense. Their all-world wide receiver was basically held in check for three quarters and then on one drive looked dominant. Mm -hmm. That happens. I think Mizzou got super conservative. They played a bunch of cover two and they blew a couple of coverages. I, If that is something that continues moving forward, it is concerning. I think that the defense is going to look a lot better whenever Darius Robinson gets back. And I think the defense looks a lot better when Blake Baker is not playing super conservative the way that he was in the fourth quarter. So I, I don't put as much stock into the fourth quarter as that I do what I saw in the first three quarters of that game. But sure. I'm, it, I'm also not crazy in suggesting that there's nothing to write. You, ha you can completely write off the fact that the fourth quarter took place because it did. It, it was real. It did. So much like... Missouri's offense, explosive-based. It's like a three-pointer. Sometimes you hit them, sometimes you don't, and that can sometimes decide the game. Mizzou is very much the same. They pack the center. You know, they have that Virginia pack, pack line defense. Nothing comes in. Everything's got to go over us, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. You always know the, the opponent's going to do somewhere between 8 and 10 big explosive plays. question is, when do they happen, how many yards does it go for, and where? what's the game situation when they happen? And the, the, the answer to the third question, at least for today, was at the end of the game, when it was basically in hand. Uh, we talked about how we never felt like the, the game was in question against Memphis and then had 100% uh, post-game win expectancy. I'm assuming it's going to be very similar for this game as well. But it all happened at the end when you're just trying to get the heck out because you've shown that you're, you're good enough to win the game and they kept hanging around, they kept hanging around, and you're like, but no, we're supposed to be good. And so that's that's the last thought in your head. Yep. Tackling is poor. Angles are curious. And the blitzes do not hit home. They create pressure. They do not create sacks. Didn't have a sack until the final drive for Vanderbilt yeah. today. And Austin Firestone, of all guys, was the guy who got it. So, like, By the uh, way, did you hear what the broadcast said about him? What Eli Drinkwitz told them about Austin Firestone? Uh, Captain America or something? They said... Yeah, we know that this guy looks super awkward. He's kind of clumsy. He's very uh, uh, stiff coming around the edge, but he's a pretty good pass rusher. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Wow. Good. What a raining endorsement of your coaches. Uh, they also call him Captain America because he goes full out on everything. So, you know, whatever. He's a tryhard. That, that's what he is. He's a, he's a tryhard defensive end. He's a Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern recruit. Of exactly. course he's a tryhard. That's what that's the kind of kids that he likes. And those guys can develop into something really good. Uh he's still what he's a redshirt freshman, so he's nineteen twenty. Um, so he's got time. 
he got pressed into service because Darius Robinson was out with a, with a boo-boo. So tackling is bad. The angles are poor. And all of the explosive plays happen at the end when it's the last thing that you remember. Um, really, it's it's the pressures. Those pressures need to turn into something. It's Again, it's like three-pointers. Sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't. Mizzou cashed in all of their havoc last year with all those you know exotic blitzes and sacks and stuff like that. And this year it's just not happening. And you know, we talked about, you know, in the offseason how Tyron Hopper's havoc production really took a nosedive in the second half of the season. Same for Martez Manuel, Isaiah McGuire. You're like, all right, did people figure out the Blake Baker stuff or whatever? And now you don't have two of those three players, and it's just not happening. So is it still a good defense? It's one of the best run defenses in the country. RIP are no rushing touchdowns given up streak. Like that was going to end inevitably, but didn't think it was going to be to Ken Seals of all people who ran 45 times in his five-year career, but okay, whatever, fine. Run defense is still elite. As far as efficiency stuff, they wipe out the efficiency stuff. You don't get three or four-yard chunks. You get nothing or you get 20. So this is just a defense that is designed to give that sort of thing up. It doesn't feel great in the moment, and you get really frustrated when, again, your best pass rusher, Johnny Walker, goes floating off into zone coverage because they are blitzing from somewhere and he's got to cover that space. It happens. It's still a good defense. It's just not the same as it was last year, and it makes us sad because they go off for big plays still without the defense creating big plays as well. It makes me nervous that their pass rush has struggled the way that it has. And while I like Darius Robinson... I don't know that he's the answer as a pass rusher coming off of the edge on those key third down situations. I think he's a good defensive end and he stays at home and he can help you against the run. And like, he's really stable and he, if you want to run any stunts, he's going to be in the right place at the right time. Like all of those things are true about Robinson. And I don't know that they were true about the defensive ends that they had to utilize today. So I think it gets better with him in there. I don't know if it's fixing, fixing it. Um, you, you need your backers to get home. You need your safeties to get home. And I think the safety play has been really underwhelming so far this year in general. So it, I don't think it gets fixed. I think it it's gets better. For that. I think it gets better. The problem is, as it gets better, it could end up looking worse results-wise because the opponents are also about to get better. LSU's offense is really good. You're going to give up a ton of explosives next week. Diced up. By the way, it has gone final. Mm. LSU lost. Of course they did. That's supposed to happen next week, not this week. So here's the thing. I think this is really good for Mizzou. We're not going to get game day. That's fine. They weren't getting game day anyways. (laughs) Um, What does LSU have left to play for? That's their second loss, right? Florida State. And First in conference. Loss. Yeah, but they had national title implications. Yeah. The only two lost teams that have made it into a playoff are ones that didn't play for their conference championship. They're done. Was, they're they're more or less eliminated yeah. from that. Especially with how good the Pac-12 is and how good there's other options. Like, they're basically done for natties. Assuming we don't get an 07 repeat. So really, now you're playing for SEC which they're probably still going to win. Um, the but West? it does have to feel, feel deflating. You think they're going to win the West? I, I still do, yeah. You think Alabama's going to magically get better? I don't you think know. A&M is going to be, you know, this unstoppable juggernaut now? I mean, it. 
I think I'm going to pick Mizzou to win next week. So if hey, if they've got two losses. two losses already in conference potentially, and then you get later into the, I mean, it's possible that they don't win the West. Um, they still got to play Bama head to head. They're in Tuscaloosa for that one. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. Um, they still have Texas A and M left later on this season. That's the final game of they the haven't year. played A and M. I forgot about that. It's so. just, it, it's not an easy way, an easy path, you know. Yeah. So, I think this is a big deal because if if LSU had won this week, everything's still on the table for them. Everything, and you are just simply the next object that is in their way, and they have to mow through you. Mm-hmm. I don't know sometimes how like the emotional roller coaster of a season is something that should not go underrated. It's one of the reasons why I was anxious about Memphis and Vanderbilt. It's because this game loomed yeah. for Mizzou. I think it's almost the opposite for LSU. I think there's a potential emotional letdown going into next week. Coming into Como, coming off of an emotional loss on the road at LS or at Ole Miss. I'll be very curious to see how they respond. Also, Jaden Daniels just plays to get injured all the time. He does not slide. He runs to contact. But God, is he good. He took a beating today. Now, he's young and talented and has the LSU athletic facility, so I'm sure he'll be ready. But, like, yeah, if you keep getting your butt kicked for not a national title anymore when you thought that was going to be the case, do you really want to go out there and do it again? Are you giving, you know, whole whole effort to it i don't know mikai wingo comes back into town gonna be fun man gonna be fun that guy robert steeples is the coach on the sideline where you can shake your fist and say get out of st louis you jaggle yeah i i don't know man like yeah missouri's all of missouri's goals are still on the table that, that place is gonna be amped up i know it's even even for an 11 o'clock game it's gonna be that's going to be nuts. And LSU is very disappointed in what just happened. So do does this be the get-right game? Where you're like, all right, show me what you got, you know, and they take it out on us, or is this we got nothing left and Mizzou pounces? I don't know, man. The LSU fans are going to be furious this week. Oh, yeah. Like, they're going to be getting it all week long. And that de- that defense is so bad. It is so bad. I It might be worse than that 20 Polini defense, which I know we don't – doesn't count but like i think it might be worse than that and i i just don't sometimes know how players are going to respond to that like they're gonna be cold out all week long so it's possible they just come out with fire and brimstone and it's like okay that defense looks really good against missouri for the first time ever um but i don't think they're capable of it i really don't maybe they finally move harold perkins back to a pass rushing role instead of a middle linebacker which is still just the dumbest choice again remember it's important that Missouri is utilizing its players correctly. Right. And it sometimes is not as easy as it sounds for coaches yeah. to do. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll certainly get more into that later on this week. Uh, what so, a fun time to be a Missouri fan. This is wild. I mean, we again, we all circled 23. I was like, this is going to be the Drinkwitz breakout. And you say it, and it's one thing. And you live through it, and it's quite another. Now, and we all we talked through the offseason. It's very real. It's very realistic that Missouri goes five and zero and then loses to LSU and loses to Kentucky and losing. Like, I'm not saying that's off the table. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But like, we are living through the five and zero portion that we kind of just 
airily talked about uh, during the offseason, and now we're at the meet where it's, okay, Here's here are your potential losses. So this is going to tell us a lot uh, for these next couple of weeks. But I will say this. I mean, we, we talked about Brady Cook uh, and his record-breaking. Uh, can we, I want to touch on Eli Drinkwitz here real quick because we talk about, well, we've bullied him for being a coward, and we've said that he's not a good game-day manager. And we'll get into that for a second. But first off, Missouri won by, what, 17 points today, mm-hmm. right? Okay, let's let's do baby steps. It is the last time that Missouri beat a FBS team by more than 10 points before. Oh, interesting. Do you know? Uh, Did they do it last year? They beat an FBS team by more than 10 points multiple times last year. I guess they did. Okay. Um, South Carolina would have been the win that comes to mind for me. But uh, and, they, and they did it actually later than that because then you're going to kick yourself because you're going to remember New Mexico State. They beat by oh, I forgot New Mexico State was fair. But I, South, I put them in kind of a separate category, but yes. They base, I understand you think they're FCS. They did go to a bowl game last year, but um, yeah, New Mexico State, Missouri won 45 14. Um, so then we talked to, you know, okay, when's the last time that an FBS team or, or sorry, an SEC team was beaten by more than 10 points? And you got South Carolina. When is the last time that Missouri beat an SEC team by more than two touchdowns? I was just looking through this to find it because it's been a minute. It's been a while. It was Vandy. At, it was Vandy in 20. You're looking at, yep, it was Vanderbilt 2020, 41 nothing. Also the last shutout. So it has been a while since this is done. Next question is, when is the last time Missouri's beaten a team by more than 14 points? That's not Vanderbilt, and that, that just has not happened. I just found it, so I got it. But it's 2019. Oh, Kelly Bryant was the quarterback. Wow. Uh, was that Ole Miss? Uh, South Carolina. It was South Carolina. Wow. South Carolina. They won that game by uh, 20 points, and earlier mm-hmm. that year they beat West Virginia by 31, but if we're talking SEC, it's South Carolina. Uh, the last time that they did it against a non-South Carolina, who we know Missouri owns, non-Vanderbilt's opponent was Tennessee, or no, Arkansas, and that weird finish to the season where every team that Missouri played fired their coach. They beat oh, yeah. Florida by 21, Tennessee by 33, and Arkansas 38 to nothing that year, so... Everything everything dates back, like, what Missouri's doing right now, the answer to when was the last time we saw this was either 2013 or 2018. To basically yeah. every question that you're wondering what the answer was. Two of the three best Missouri teams of the past 25 years yeah. is what we're looking at. There. It's either been five years or ten years <laughs> since yeah. Missouri accomplished whatever it is that you're wondering. <laughs> crazy insane. What's the new expectation? Uh... Like the bare minimum successful season is bad. Well, I uh, <clears throat> what did I say? <clears throat> if you win five games, you're basically guaranteed eight. So I would say eight and five is the new expectation. What about you? Is it unfair if I say nine? No, I'm not gonna hold that against you. Who are your or who's the other four, I guess? Who are you looking at? I think you need to beat South Carolina. You need to beat Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then you find two of LSU, Kentucky, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. Go under 500. Two, two out of those five. I that that would be my 
baseline of what makes it a successful season at this point. Now that you've started five and up. Yeah. I like four and three down the stretch, man. Man, I feel and see this is dangerous because I'm I'm just kind of putting Florida in the bank to win category. And I know that's weeks down the road. And a lot can happen, but I just I have yet to be impressed by Florida. Do what? Um, I have yet to be impressed by Florida. Just I agree. Out. I agree. So I'm going to put that as a win. South Carolina, I'm not going to bet against a streak. <laughs> and Spencer Rattler, I have no trust in until the, the game that he actually puts it together. So there's two. Um, and then Arkansas. This team then, should beat Arkansas. It should. Arkansas's not good. Even on the road. Like, Arkansas's not Arkansas, Ar- Arkansas. You, you want to talk about LSU. Like, yeah. potentially not having motivation next week. Dude, Arkansas could be just completely dead in the water. They may fire their coach prior to that game. Which would be crazy. That's crazy to me. Uh, dude, with with the way that they've played this week, this year, you've got KJ Jefferson, and yeah. this is your team? K- if KJ loves Sam Pittman, he should have left. Because this team was going to be rebuilding around him. Like, we're going to improve... Are you really going to improve your draft stock? Draft stock? I don't think so. I don't. The, the problem is, I don't. I don't know that he's an NFL starter. So, like, I. I don't. There you go. I like AJ Jefferson a lot. He's a fun player, but he's more of a college quarterback that probably projects to be an NFL backup. So, if you just wanted one more year of like being the star on campus, I get that. Yeah. Hey, Rocket Sanders is good, but that's literally all they got. They're probably going to have five or six losses prior to that game. Ugh, good lord. I mean, they've got Ole Miss still, Alabama still, Florida, Mississippi State, Auburn. I mean, there's a chance they lose four of those five, maybe all of them. Could be, you know. You know. So. Well, I'll say eight, you say nine. Let's let's revisit this, this after next week. Let's see what our expectations are because, man, I the potential for something magical is there. <laughs> the... The reaction pod next week is going to be an all-timer, no matter what. Dude. No matter what. Yeah. Because this game is going to have it all. It's going to set up for 150 points. It's going to set up for some wild coaching decisions on either side of things. The defenses are both susceptible to like 70-yard plays at any given time. The offenses both have quarterbacks that are willing and able to throw it deep at any given time. They've got Mm -hmm. stud-wide receivers like... Who, buddy? If if they win this game next week, the discussion will be wild. If they lose the game next week, the discussion will be, oh boy, what happened to our defense? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's going to be part of the discussion, whether they win or lose. I feel like I will be there. I'll be sitting in the press oh, box. Nice. I will be doing the reaction pod with uh, Jaden and Parker, and then I'll come home and then I'll do a reaction pod with you, yeah. and we'll I'll have it. Uh, the quick takes and then the simmering takes. Uh, so we'll get a little bit of both in there. I, ugh, it, it's going to be wild. It's going to be weird because it's 11 o'clock. That's okay. I, it's LSU. This is time to put up, do it. And we get an entire week of watching uh, the, the 2020 game. So Joshua Bledsoe leaps and knocks the ball away at the last second to that's preserve so the win. That was, just, that was a great game, but. I think that's it for for Vanderbilt. What are your your parting shots to give to the people? Apparently, Mizzou got to commit tonight as well, so uh, we'll break oh, that down later nice. on in the week. Um, not we'll Ryan cert- Wingo. <laughs> no, it was not Ryan Wingo. I, if you pro- if you're listening to this, you probably know who it is. It's an athlete from Arkansas, three star kid. Um, I'll, we'll break that down more later on in the week. But Missouri's five and zero, man. Mm-hmm. First time that they've done that in a decade. 
They have allowed you as a fan to dream into the month of October again for the first time in a decade. You can have conversations with your friends this week at the water cooler about what it would mean for Missouri to beat LSU, the significance of this game, what it's going to be like to be in Columbia together. The weather should be great next weekend. Like, I appreciate that part of it. And mm -hmm. the second half of this season is going to bring on a lot more stress than the first half did. Um, but if you're a Missouri fan and you just want to like sit around and smell the roses for the next few days, you've earned that, man. Because it's been a lot of... You've had to crawl through a whole hell of a lot of stuff to get to the other end where you're at right now. Absolutely. And that's the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Matt Nagy Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rockin' Flagship at Rockin' Nation in our podcasting outlet at Rockin' Radio. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z. you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Beep. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thank you.